is, by the way, Life Church, time to run. It's time not to not to watch. It's not time to it's not time to decide whether you want to buy new tennis shoes. It's it's not time for any of that. It's it's time to run, okay? And it's time for us. It's time for us to become everything that God's called us to be. And so we've kind of had fun with hashtags um, for our sermon title. So time to run. First first week was hashtag motivation. And, uh, and we really talked about those who had gone on before, who are our motivation. We're surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses. We talked about Morris Bagwell, and, and interestingly enough, how that this passage of Scripture was the Scripture that was on, that's on his tombstone. And uh, we talked about all of that. And, uh, and then Chris, uh, was it activation last week? Uh, 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 he came back last week, and, and it was kind of like a past, present, and now we're looking to the future because this passage that we're dealing with in Hebrews goes on into the future. In Hebrews chapter 12, um, beginning with verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. This is what Chris talked about last week and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. And the way I learned this in the King James was he's the author and the finisher. He's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Feel chariots of fire coming on. Endured the cross. Despising the shame, scorning the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Uh, I have this up here to represent, can you see this this morning, a finish line. This, is, this represents the tape that the runner runs uh, through when they finish the race. I'm sure it's obvious to all of you that I'm a I'm an experienced runner, right? I look, I got that runner's build. I, I am. I, I'm in the heavyweight division, but I am a runner. And I want to ask this morning, what is our destination, Life Church? Where are we heading? I think it's a fair question to ask this morning. Where are you taking us? Where's God taking us? Where's this journey going? And before I talk about where we're going, I'm going to talk about where we're not going, okay? And so I want to say our destination is not, could you repeat that after me? Our destination is not a postal address. Let's say that together. Our destination is not a postal address. You know, we, we get excited. I, I get excited about addresses, don't you? There, there's certain addresses in my life that mean a lot to me. I was home last week, and, and I drove by um, my old house, 1231 State Street. I've got a picture of it on the wall uh, in my house because it was an ideal kind of place to grow up, and all of those memories that I had growing up are on 1231 State Street. I went by 107 View Street where I used to live. All of those become special to us. 
in, in worship, it's easy for us to get married to an address. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? That we get married to, you know, a building or a location, or we think, this is where God is. This is where I met God. I, I remember when I was a kid, you know, and I had my first encounter with Jesus Christ at this church in Princeton, Illinois, and now when I drive by it, it's a real estate business. There's a real estate office there, and here was the place, you know, where I met Jesus, and I had a vision of the cross, and now they're in there selling real estate. We get, we get, we get excited about, we get excited about addresses, you know, and uh, so we've, uh, we, we, 1015 Cedar Lane is a very important address uh, in the history of this church, and, uh, and I'll just say right up front, I'm glad to, it, Hey, it's good to be back home again. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's good to be on 1015 Cedar Lane. How many would agree with me this morning? It feels good to be on this address. Amen. It it was nice this morning to walk into my office right before church and have a place to sit down. Normally, I'm like in a janitor's closet, you know, over at at Gresham Middle School trying to find a little place to pray or something on Sunday morning. And and, and we get married to addresses. But I want to suggest to you that that little white tent outside is a little bit more realistic about our address than the building that you're sitting in right now. Because we were not designed to be permanent dwellers anyway. You know, I, I can get excited about 1015 Cedar Lane. I'm in, I am excited about 1015 Cedar Lane. And when I look out here, I can dream about future buildings that we could build on this property and different things that we could do on this property. But I want to be in such a way that if God were to pu- tell us to pull up stakes tomorrow and, 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 and move the vision to another location, that we would be ready to move. Come on now. Yeah, I got mixed. I got a mixed review right there. That was that, that was. I am not impressed with that response this morning. Okay, and I know I'm not excited about moving right now. I hate moving. I hate moving. I I, I absolutely detest moving. And I'm and some of you are nervous. I told Stephen Marianne every time they come, we're moving. We move every September, uh, but we're we're going to try not to move next September. Actually, uh, but but. Um, but we, but we were, we come from a people of tent dwellers. In the in the New Testament, they met in caves and they they met in homes and they met wherever they could they could meet. And in the New Testament, the word for church was ecclesia. Ek, it's it's two words that are joined together. Ek means out of, and klesia, which means called. The, the ecclesia were those who were called out. They were called out. They were called out of darkness into His marvelous light. These were people who had been called out. And the church always referred to the congregation, and it never referred to the building. I want to suggest that one of the most important things about Gresham Middle School is that we learned that we could be a church without having a church building. Amen. And so... and so. Um, uh, and so it's not about a postal address. Uh, but I, I know this is controversial preaching, and the reason I know it's controversial is because this is what Stephen got stoned for saying. The first Christian martyr got martyred because he said the goal to say to the Jewish folks that were watching him that God does not dwell in temples made with hands. 
And, and, and when they heard that, the Bible says they covered their ears and they began, they began shouting. They were infuriated when, the, when they said, what do you mean God doesn't dwell in temples made with hands? And they picked up stones to stone him. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? Asked the Lord. Could you build me such a resting place? It's unfortunate, in, in um, uh, Euland's kind of a French expert, in French, um, uh, the word for church is uh, église, right? Where are you at, Euland? Église? Église. And then in Spanish, it's ecclesia, which comes from ecclesia, which comes from the Greek word. Unfortunately, we didn't take the Greek word, we took the German word, Kirka, I don't know how that's pronounced, uh, that, that we get our word church from that is more similar to a place of worship. And so when we hear the word church, we hear a place of worship. But in the New Testament, they had no concept of that. The ecclesia were the people of God who sometimes met in caves, who, who met wherever they would have little secret symbols like a fish where they were meeting so that they would know where the Christians were going to be meeting. And I want to say, while it's great to be on Cedar Lane, we're going to be meeting uh, at, at Judy's house on Wednesday night, and Life Church is going to be meeting there at her house. And we're going to be meeting at the Fink's church, on, uh, at the Fink's house uh, on Wednesday night. And we're going to be meeting on Monday night on the tennis courts. Because wherever two or three are gathered together and we've come together with the intent of being together in His name, He's promised that He would be there in the midst of us. Amen. Amen. So the church is not, our destination is not a postal address. I want to I wanna get in touch with my inner Martin Luther King this morning. Hmm. Our destination is not a postal address. Our destination is not numerical success. You got me? Our destination is not numerical success. How many knows that numbers are deceiving? You, you, get, you get involved in, in the, the, the numbers game. I, I, when, when I was thinking back to when I first became a pastor. I had graduated from seminary. I had done a two-year internship at a, uh, at a hospital. And I went to a little town in southern Illinois that time had forgotten. A town called Murfreesboro, Illinois. And, and in Murfreesboro, Illinois, the most famous event that ever happened in Murfreesboro was the 1925 tornado and we make the History Channel for that one because it was the tri-state tornado. It started in Missouri. It crossed the uh, Mississippi River. It went through southern Illinois. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, Morgan? Uh, and, it, and it went all the way into Indiana. And, and in Murfreesboro, there were like 300 deaths uh, uh, as a result of that tornado in 1925. All of the funeral homes in Murfreesboro started as a result of the, of the 1925 uh, tornado. Murfreesboro was, was a town that was on its way up when that tornado hit. But after that tornado came, Murfreesboro was never the same. They never really rebuilt. They never really got their, they, they really never got their mojo uh, uh, going again. And, and I went into that little town 
And, uh, and, and I never had any numeric goals when I went to that town. I wanted to baptize their children. I wanted to dedicate their babies. I wanted to perform marriages for their children. But while we were there, something began to happen. We began to grow. And you know, when you begin to grow, that's kind of fun. You know, you know, remember those little wooden boards that they had at church where you would mark the attendance and the offering and all that? That, that board hadn't been seen in years, but once we started growing, man, we got that board out. You know what I mean? We got that board out, and we started counting. You know, we counted how many people were there, and we'd put it up on the board. And, and, uh, and, and I started going to conferences on, on growth, and I, I went to a conference called Breaking the 200 Barrier. And I remember the first time that we ever had 200 people in that church and how exciting that was. And I remember when we had 300 people and how exciting that was. And we had 400 people and that was exciting. And, and when we broke our record and we had over 700 people in one service on, on a Sunday morning, that was so exciting. And can I just tell you the truth about this, that this morning? It was never enough. I went to a conference last year uh, where the guy, a guy was preaching that pastored a church that any of us would say is incredibly successful. Thousands of members. And he looked out at a couple thousand pastors at that conference and he said, there is no number that any of you will ever be satisfied with. And you know what? That's right. I know that's right. You know, there's people that are moping today because they just had 2,000 in church. And a year ago, they had 3,000. It's true. Uh, they're comparing themselves with the, with the, with the, next, with the next thing. You, you know, uh, and, and, and having said that, I'm all about growth. I want the church to grow. I go to a conference this year called Grow. I believe that our church is going to grow. But can I just tell you that our, that our goal is not numeric growth. Because we can have a lot of people that fill this house that never become disciples of Jesus Christ. Just because you got a lot of people in the building doesn't mean you got a lot of people that are committed to become, becoming uh, uh, fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And so our goal is not numeric growth. My own experience with growth is you, you, you never grow in a straight line. You know, I've had people talking to me like they're disappointed with our church and how, how little we've grown. Seriously? What, what do we have to do? You, you know what I mean? Seriously? I, I mean, uh, this, morning, this morning, you know, if we took the attendance of our, I think 120 was the number given me already uh, this morning. The average church in America is 80 people or whatever. You know, we had 35 people when we first came. And some were like, well, this is the reason we're not growing fast enough. What? You, you know what I'm saying? Numeric growth. You, you, you can play the numbers game. All, my whole experience with growth is sometimes you, you grow. Let me just, can I just be real with you this morning? That, that sometimes not everything that grows is healthy. Cancer grows. It does. Sometimes when you don't see any growth happening, that's when the best things are happening. And I'm not saying that because we're not growing, because we are growing. Uh, so, so, but my point is the goal cannot be, and, and I remember when I was a kid, um, uh, 
I, I would go visit churches, and like over the urinal it would say 400. <laughs> and they would just like have it everywhere, 400. That was just their next goal, 400. Our goal, when, when we get to 400, the glory of God's going to come. 400, that's the magic number. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, numerical growth can never be our goal. So, I believe we'll grow. I believe God's going to take care of that. But guess what? Growth isn't even our department. We're in the watering and the planting business. We're in the the soil development business. The Bible says, and God makes it grow. He's in charge of the growth department. If you don't like how fast we're growing, take it up with him. I'm doing all I know to do. I'm planting, I'm watering, I'm being faithful. I'm doing everything I know to do. But God's going to make it grow. Amen. Amen. Well, that's good preaching anyway. Thank you, Phil. Our destination is not numeric success. I didn't come, I didn't come to Knoxville with a number in mind. I didn't come to Knoxville. I, I think one of the biggest mistakes I've made since being pastor here was when people were nailing me down. Now, when we send these flyers out, how many people can we expect? I don't know. You know. Well, the, finally, I said, the marketing company says one half of 1%, da-da-da, you might get da-da-da. So, well, if that's true, we'll have 350 at our launch. Well, we only had 181. Well, we'd been running 90. We should have been, like, doing jumping jacks, and we should have been, like, so happy. But we're like, we only had 181. What's wrong with us? There's something terrible. We're, we're just really messed up. The goal's not numeric growth. That's, that, that's his business. That's his department. I don't want him to grow us faster than we can handle the people that he brings us, quite frankly. Amen. Amen. So it's not, our destination is not a postal address. Our destination is not numeric success. Our destination is not people to impress. When Jesus had the opportunity to impress people, he resisted it. The day that Jesus had his record attendance, feeding the 5,000, he preached the stupidest sermon he could have ever preached. He stood up there and said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll have no part of me. The Bible says uh, they all conveniently found a reason to leave, except for 12. And he looked around to the 12 and he said, you guys leave? And he said, we ain't got no one else to do. We, we, that's what they said. They, they said, where else are we going to go? We're all in. Jesus, Jesus wasn't interested in trying to impress the right people. He was interested in who's the people that are all in? Who's, who's the people that are not like watching? Well, I'm going to see how this all works out. If it gets on, I'm in. If it's not, I'm out. Can I tell you one of the best sermons I ever heard preached? One of the best sermons I ever heard was nothing looks quite right from the window. 
It was when David's wife was watching him dance before the Lord in the street, and she's standing up in the window, criticizing, looking down on him, and giving him a hard time. Let me tell you something. If you're not willing to get down in the street and dance and get your hands dirty and get involved in it, you're not going to be a part of it. Amen. Come on now. Am I telling the truth this morning? It's not people to impress. Beware, Jesus said. Beware when people speak well of you. Beware. That's a, that's a good... You, you, so so one, of the, one of the signs that you're on the right track if, is if you start attracting folks that just don't... Not, not on with it. Not on with it. Because that's the way that it has to be. If you're doing, if you're doing what Jesus has called you to do, if you're really going to go after people that are far from God, not everyone's going to like that. Oh, man, I'm just going to have to move on, it looks like. This is tough sledding this morning, but that's truth. It's not numeric success. It's not people to impress. It's not. A postal address. And by the way, this was Morris's scripture. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Our destination is none of those things. Uh, but our destination is Christ's love to express not numeric success not a postal address not people to impress but it's Christ's love to express here's what the scripture said here's what the scripture said he said looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross now I read an interesting uh, commentary about that this week that, that we often interpret that, that Jesus put up with the cross because after the cross, you know, he had the resurrection and good things to look forward to. But the Greek word that for the joy is, a, in, in English, it would be A-N-T-I, ante. In Greek, it's ante. And it, and, it, and it means, usually in the New Testament, it means instead of. So it means that instead of the joy that was set before him, instead of the joy that was right before him, instead of the joy that he had being with the Father in heaven, he decided that he loved us so much that he would come down to this earth and that he would say, it's not about me, but I'm going to love this world so much that I'm going to give my life for them. I'm going to lay down my life. And so, our destination is getting to the point where it's not about what I want. It's not, about, it's not about my preferences. It's not about the joy that's set before me. But it's about loving lost people so much that we're willing to say it's not about us, not about my desire, it's not about my plan, but I'll do whatever it takes. I'll go to whatever lengths that I have to go to to reach lost people. Amen. Amen. So we got to have our eyes on the finish line. The first half marathon that I ran, I was uh, 
it was a very, very hot day, and it was the Nashville Country Music Marathon. And if you know anything about Nashville, it's real hilly. And it was hot and hilly. And I got to where I could see the finish line. And I had a new friend by the name of Andy from our church in Illinois, and we had driven down to Nashville to run that race. I was about an eighth of a mile from the finish line, and I could see the tape. And my legs said, you ain't going no more. And it just, my my calf balled up into a complete, complete um, Charlie horse. And I couldn't move. I can see the finish line, but I can't move. And my friend said, you're going to cross that line. If I have to carry you across that line, you're going to cross that line. And this guy who I barely know massaged my calf. Now that's weird. But he worked the knot out of my calf. And he and I together limped across the finish line. Can I, can I just say, Life Church, we can do this. We can do this. With God, we can do this. I ran a, a full marathon uh, in Washington, D.C., and I finished pretty strong. But I met a guy at the end of the race, and we were talking about our race together, and I said, did you finish, or what time did you finish? And he, he told me the time, and he said, but, but an interesting thing happened. He said, I got, to, I got to mile 20, and I hit the wall. And when I hit the wall, there was a mall right there. So I just walked out of the street, and I went into the mall, and I went to the food court. And, and I ate. And he said, you know, after I got eaten, I started feeling better. He said, I'm going to get back out there in the street. So he finished his meal, and he got back out in the street, and he finished the uh, Marine Corps Marathon in Washington, D.C. This morning I appealed to some of you who have stopped by the mall. You just said, you know, I'm I'm not sure. And and you know what that means when it says to turn, uh, looking unto Jesus? The Greek word means to to quit looking at the other things and focus your focus on. It means to turn your eyes on Jesus. In fact, it means to quit looking to the crowd. He's using the illustration of running, that if a runner is running and he starts looking at the crowd, it'll slow his pace. So he says, turn from the other thing. If it's numeric success, don't, don't look at that. No, no, you, you'll never be satisfied with how large or not. You, you know, we, we, we pat ourselves on the back for numbers. But you know the numbers of lost people there are in Knoxville today? Those are the numbers we ought to be concerned about. And, 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 and so don't get caught up in that game. And don't get caught up in people to impress. Don't get caught up. 
now we're in the holy place on Cedar Lane. Now God can move. Let me tell you something. He can move under a tree, under the bridge in downtown Knoxville. He can move anywhere he wants to move. Wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, says the Lord. I will be in their midst. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. And I ask in the name of Jesus. I pray, 